Well, 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 we're back again. The Parked in Turn 1 boys. Captain Novice, and I'm here with Bo. What's going on, Bo? Hey, Jason, not much. How are you doing this evening? Whoa. Hey, man. I'm excited. Punch you in I'm the stomach. <laughs> what, what just happened? No, man. <laughs> no, I'm excited. We're uh, we're back earlier than you know our weekly. We're kind of we're trying to play catch yeah. up a little bit and getting getting a couple more things going this week. So a hundred hundred percent, we got to catch up a little bit because somebody got us off our normal um, you know speaking cycle. So I don't know who that was. We we don't need to talk about it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but we got a couple of weekends we need to go over talking about Moto America. I figure we start with the the 600s. Let's start with Super Sport. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Going back to the uh, the Road America weekend, that was crazy couple races, right? Um, yeah, it really was. I mean, it, before Escalante and D- SDK crashed, that was a crazy race. I mean, the overtakes were nuts. Oh, it was yeah. great. Very super exciting, super great racing. Um, those guys definitely take it to each other without even you know without a second thought. Got a lot of trust in each other on the track too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? Let's go over the top ten finishers. Um, finishing first, our man Stefano Mesa. Second was Samuel Lockoff. Third, Benjamin Smith. Fourth, Rocco Landers. Fifth, Richie Escalante. Sixth, Sean Dillon Kelly. Seventh, Kelvin Kevin Almeido. 8th, Carl Solstice, ninth Nolan Lampkin, 10th, Dominic Doyle. So, I mean, Stefano Mesa does it again. When the dude shows up, he is running at the front. How many times do we have to say this? Get him a ride. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he deserves to be on a full-time team uh, with, you know, with good factory support or, you know, some manufacturer support behind him. I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure he's chasing contingency money right now, you know, directly from Kawasaki independently. But, uh, I mean, he's got to have a... a a good team around him you know and, and not to, that's not to take anything away from what he does or what his dad does or or any of the folks that he has surrounding him but we all know that when you have that factory support it makes it a little bit easier for him just to go out and focus on what he needs to do which is riding the wheels off that motorcycle because he's phenomenal at that right yeah there's no doubt about it i mean he really he really really is um especially i mean just to think about what he's doing as a privateer is pretty spectacular um, and yeah. so, you know, he, he's just, he's just really good about that. And, and I really, I really just respect everything he's doing. I, I love to see him out there more, but for whatever reason he's not. And, you know, I disagree with whatever that reason is, uh, respectfully, um, unless it's his decision. Um, but I, I, I feel like this is a guy that deserves a, a full-time seat. I mean, I'm looking down the down the list here and i see a lot of names that are at all the races that mm-hmm. aren't close to him and sure. i think that's a travesty you know what i mean i i really do but that's racing and it's not always about who's the fastest it's about sometimes who brings more money from the sponsors so and who has more money so i mean for stefano keep doing what you're doing man you got a you got a, especially a grassroots following from us we we uh we see you occasionally at track days and things like that and especially the ones that are before the weir races and the ccs races so we like seeing him and you know he's a great guy and we'll just wish him the best moving forward now from that race though the big storyline for me was the crash between Sean Dillon Kelly and then Richie following right after. Because if Richie doesn't fall there, 
that's a big, big mistake for Sean Dillon Kelly. I, yeah. I just think that's something you can't do. And um, he got very lucky that Richie also fell. Yeah, I think I want to say, you know, obviously it's, it's tough to know without really talking talking to those guys and getting inside their head. But I feel like Richie's crash was kind of the re, you know reactionary to Sean Dillon Kelly's. You know, he might have had to had to adjust his line just slightly and and could have even been a little bit in a little bit deep into that turn himself simply because these guys were right, racing each other so hard. Um, they were, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think both of them just got caught out just a little bit and kind of caught up in the moment with how hard they were racing each other. And it happens, you know. I mean, luckily no one was hurt, and they were, you know, they both picked up their bikes and finished fifth and sixth, you know. And for me, the fact that they picked up both those bikes and finished, you know, Richie Escalante 10.8 seconds off, you know, and, and Sean Dillon Kelly almost 15 seconds off the win is still astonishing, you know, considering – you know that they've crashed and they've picked the bikes back up and they're still fifth and sixth on the trot you know so that that shows you how spread out this field really is um and and kind of the 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 multitude of of riders that we have in in the super uh, super sport class yeah I, i i think one of the things i love about moto america and one of the things i hate about moto america is the privateer aspect we have so many privateers and i think it's so cool but I do believe that we don't have enough actual teams, like sponsored, manufacturer-supported teams. I mean, right. I, I just feel like that's the truth, and I think it shows up pretty glaringly here in Supersport because you've got two major teams, and that's basically it, and those guys are way off in the distance every time. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we go back to the days when, um, uh, you know, when J.D. Beach was running with the uh, the uh, monster Yamaha team. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was so awesome to see J.D. Beach in these races. Uh, and, I'm you know, I'm a huge J.D. Beach fan. And, and, you know, not to go off on a tangent because he's not in this series anymore. But it goes back to what you're saying. You know, these these factory-fledged teams that, that really get that support, they get that, that, um, that access to, you know, to new parts that uh, – to what they have and what what the best the, the best that's out there right and and they can put that behind their riders and 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 just let them go out and do their thing and and then we see those teams that really start to to shine in this class but, but yeah. we're, we're really lacking that now and yeah. um like I, you're I, saying you know, we agree. see this this graves cowie team and this the m4 x-star team um they're just they're on a different level yeah they really are i I long for the days when the uh, the Yamaha factory team was there, you know, when you had the Bobier and Gerloff and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, and even when Gerloff was riding with J.D. Beach, you know, I mean, that was a great super stock battle there. And Gerloff obviously was unbelievable on that bike. And I mean, it just, I, I'm hoping that we continue to build, but beyond Escalante and SDK and then our boy Stefano Mesa. I I mean Benjamin Smith has been in this ca- this category for a long time and I I know that Benjamin could run circles around me for sure but I just wonder you know what is the end game because I don't see those guys moving up you know Rocco Landers I'm trying to give him a pass because he's new to the series but really I thought he would be much better this year and challenging at least within five seconds of these two leaders, but he is not, not so far. And uh, I think I'm just disappointed in the level of competition once you get Kelly. 
and and Richie Escalante. I mean, I, I, that's where I'm at. I still love to watch it because their races are usually really exciting. Mm-hmm. And there's some exciting moves put pack but no one's close to your point just a minute ago so i we need to do something to close this up but i i don't think it's restrictions on bikes or whatever i think it's just trying to get more manufacturers interested in being here how's not even running a factory team in this series anymore yeah the, i remember them announcing that they were going to pull out of the series um i think it was after the 2018 season possibly um, so we've really been lacking that, you know, since since the departure of Yamaha and JD Beach. But no, I agree. Going back to uh, you know, just to touch on Ben Smith just a little bit, and even even broader down the down the down the list just a little bit with Rocco Landers and even you know Samuel Lockoff. Sam Lockoff seems like he's starting to come around a bit. Um, yep, he's he getting helped. better. He, he is improving. Yeah, and, and Rocco Landers, I think, is still chasing a base setup on the bike. I think they've mentioned that a few times. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think I'd mentioned it before. Rocco's he's he seems like he's grown up quite a bit, and that throws a little bit of a change to the bike on what he might be used to. Um, yep. And, and they're got to change and make some changes there, and he might need to you know start looking at changes in how he rides the bike a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's a whole whole new ball game with the six hundred, and you know how to and how to ride these compared to. Uh, uh, compared to the 400 and and I agree with you I kind of expected a little bit more out of Rocco Landers this year um, but I think that we were spoiled with how dominant Rocco Landers actually was in the 400 class and even how well the su- success that he had in the Twins Cup too though um, so I think yeah you know, maybe I, I think it yeah it set us up for a little bit but you know what this is his first year and to your point he's yeah. a young kid he's growing he's on a new bike let's let's cut him a little slack for a year i mean i'm willing to cut him a little slack but you know i think you know for us i'm really hoping that he does come around because we need we need some real american talent to come up through here and i want to make a point about yamaha not being in this series as a factory i mean still in this super sport series the the yamaha is the motorcycle you have a total of Four Suzuki motorcycles in Supersport. You have what two, three Kawasaki's, and everything else out of the twenty-one entries at Road America. So you had fourteen entries that were Yamaha R sixes, and then, five, it's just a shame that yeah, five Kawasaki's or six. Oh, Kawasaki's. okay, there we go. Yeah, there were five six. in in race two. Mm, one, six in two, race one. Six in race three, one. I only see, okay, you're right, five. Okay, I got five in race two. I see it. Okay, but my point is, is still, it's not close. No, exactly. No, 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 you're you're absolutely right. I'm not disputing that at all. I mean, we're, we're even seeing old, um, you know, old or, or pre-2017 pre R6s that are still competing in this class. You know, That's so crazy. It, and there's, you know, and I think that they can still be competitive to a certain extent, you know. But to go back to what you're saying, it's it's nuts to me that Yamaha is not supporting this class and not supporting this racing um, more. Well, I'm sure it had a lot to do with them discontinuing the R6 and street trim, right? But I mean, I get it. But it so it it's one thing to gather a, a ton of data, but if you don't have the resources to interpret and make changes then it doesn't do you i think that's a part of what rocco landers is experiencing right now his dad probably knows a lot about working on an r6 or any bike but he does not have the expertise that somebody like richard stamboli has to interpret data right 
and 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 that only comes with time and experience, right? You can't just read a book. And, you know, I think that's where they're chasing it. They chased electrical issues the first few races, and that comes from inexperience on how to set up a bike. And from there, they they now they're trying to find this base setting. Well, well guys, we're we're 6 8 races in now. Mm-hmm. We got to figure this out because, you know, you got to move forward. So, you know, that's that's the way I see it in the 600 class. I mean, it is good racing, so I do enjoy watching it. Um, just saying, you know, we're not going to talk about tonight. We're not going to talk about the Stock 1000 or the Twins Cup. That's also good racing, but, um, you know, time is limited. And, you know, I, I just want Moto America's overall field, and I think it takes time. You can't just snap your fingers and the field is better already. Right. You know what I mean? And we have international entries, so that's great too. But we need some American homegrown talent to really step up. And I was, you know, I see Dylan Kelly doing it this year, but I really was hoping to see Rocco Landers right off the bat. But like I said, let's give him a year. Let's see what happens mm-hmm. going forward. So super bike at, at Road America was more of the same, right? I mean, let's go over the top 10 finishers. Jake Gagne, Loris Baz, Cameron Peterson, uh, Bobby Fong was fourth, Josh Heron fifth. Matthew Skoltz was sixth. Kyle Wyman was seventh. Uh, Hector Barber was eighth. David Anthony was ninth. And Jeff May was tenth in the superbike race on mm-hmm. a super stock bike, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Jake Gagne is the Jake Gagne show. It is not even close. Like, it's just not close. And, and I don't know what else to say, but good on you, Jake Gagne, because, my goodness, you have... You have uh, taking this class and just gut punched it because nobody can catch you when you're going. Yeah. I think he ran, this is the first time anyone's ever run a two ten in, uh, in, in, uh, in race or during a race, right. At road America was in race Correct, two. He ran yeah. a two ten nine. No, I mean, uh, unreal. Yeah. Unreal. That's moving. And uh, yeah. And you know, I think, I think one of the bigger stories for me, though, uh, is what is going on with Bobby Fong. Yeah, that's a big that, that's a big red flag this year. Is it, I really expected um, the Suzuki to be so much stronger than what we're really seeing right now. But Cam Peterson is really the one that is, you know, taking that flag, and he's the one taking that fight to Bobby uh, to excuse me to uh, Jake Gagne as best he can. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, this is this is a, su- a surprise to me to not see Bobby Fong. Um, at the front more or further to the front. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm just puzzled. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I think, you know, we saw that in, in the road America weekend, Matthew Skoltz lost the championship lead, but I think it was just an inevitable thing because, you know, he, he was, he was not able to keep up with Gagne ever. I mean, Gagne won that race won by almost six seconds. And he was cruising the last five laps, literally cruising. Loris Baz came in there and finished second, which is a great result for Loris Baz because that's another team that I don't think it's the rider as much as the team. I mean that that bike has had mechanicals way too often. Yeah, you know, I, 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 too much. Yeah, they're definitely trying to and, find their feet, I think, with Loris Baz and and uh, yeah, that, a lot a well, lot of no scores that shouldn't have happened this year. That were had nothing to do with Laura's Baz, and that's frustrating as a rider. You know, if you crash, that's on you. Um, but I, I really, I really don't think they're setting that bike up very well because we know how fast the Ducati Superbike is from watching World Superbike, 
and this is a this is supposed to be a true superbike. Now I don't know the differences if there's a difference between the Eurospec superbike and World Superbike, and then what we're seeing here on our superbike. But that Suzuki of Cameron Peterson and Bobby Fong, and even the 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 Yamahas, they're not getting the doors blown off of them by this Ducati. And I don't know why that is, but it doesn't seem like the Ducati that's running overseas. I mean, do you agree with that? No, absolutely. It's it. It just seems different, you know. It doesn't seem like it's got as much jump on it. Um, you know, even even compared to the Yamahas, I mean, um, we see the Yamahas are fairly fast, or are, are always fast and, and nice and flowing tracks. They've got, you know, it can carry a ton of corner speed. The Suzuki seems like it, it gets into a corner and gets out of a corner pretty good. Um, and then the Ducati, kind of more of the same. But you know, we saw the uh, we've seen a World Superbike that you know the, the Yamaha or excuse me the Ducati it definitely takes care of its tires quite a bit and it's able to carry, you know, to, to obviously go full race distance on super soft tires. Um, but I, 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 I did hear it mentioned in one of our, in one of the Moto America weekends. And, and I don't want to use this as an excuse for Ducati. I'm not bailing Ducati out of this, but the comment was made that Ducati developed, um, developed the V4 around a different, tire which obviously we know is you know going to be a pirelli um so how much of that do you think you know could really affect the bike's performance whenever you switch to a tire that it quote wasn't designed for to me that's kind of a cop-out um you know because if you're a bike if you're a motorcycle manufacturer if you're ducati you should be able to engineer that bike to work on any that bike should be able to perform at the you know at its highest level on any on any piece of rubber well, I, I think there's some validity to what you're saying, but I also think that it, every tire is different. You and I don't ride Dunlop or Bridgestone because we like the Pirelli, right? right. So, I mean, it is there is a little bit of validity to that, but I think the real I think the bigger problem is I don't think we're seeing an actual World Superbike Superbike. Like they said, oh, we bought an actual world superbike spec because it's the same as motor. I well, don't believe right. that. Yeah, it doesn't I don't seem believe like it. it to me at all. No, because top speed has very little to do with rubber. And at Road America, that's a long back straight where, oh, yeah. okay, so you're not out of the corner great, but you're getting through all the gears and hitting flat out. And I never saw him just, you know, eating up the other bikes like we see in world superbikes. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. And, there's probably more to it than you and I know, and of course we're not we're not in that. But I just really found that strange. Uh, I found it strange all year, actually. Um, but what I will say is that in race one, and you know, I I, I think, and I want to go ahead and start talking about race two as well. And I'll do I'll mention the finishers from race two. Of course, Jake Gagne wins again. Shocking. Mm -hmm. He wins by a bigger differential. And to your point, he did run a two ten, the first two ten ever run in a superbike race there. Uh, Cameron Peterson finishing second, third Matthew Skoltz, fourth Bobby Fong, fifth Josh Heron, sixth Hector Barbara, seventh David Anthony, eighth Jake Lewis, ninth Travis Wyman, and tenth Corey Alexander. Um, Cameron Peterson is the Suzuki rider yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean he is he has jumped and leapfrogged Bobby Fong. 
in Road America, it was evident. Bobby Fong, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, I don't want to take anything away from Cameron Peterson by focusing on the what's wrong with Bobby Fong. Uh, more so as I want to look at what's Cameron Peterson doing right. You know, because I love watching Cameron Peterson as a writer. I think you know, watching him struggle, some of the struggles that he had in the Stock 1000 class last year. I think that they built so much character with him. Um, and he had, he, he did very well in that class and then stepping up to Superbike, um, he just got, he seems like he's got such a good head on his shoulder. He, his shoulders, he doesn't override the bike. You know, he, he, he very, very much, uh, has a lot of self-awareness, I think, um, while he's on the bike mid race. Um, he just goes out, he does what he can. He does the best that he can. He leaves it all out there. Um, and, and I think that we're starting to see that being rewarded with, you know, with better results and, and, and hopefully more consistent results. But no, you're absolutely right. Cameron Peterson is our Suzuki rider right now. And, and I think Cameron Peterson absolutely deserves that seat. Uh, he's a phenomenal well, rider, you know, phenomenal Oh guy, yeah, no, so. no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely carrying well, the flag for them. The other thing, the other thing I'd like to say about this is like in the, in race one at Road America, he and Bobby Fong were very close. Bobby Fong was just barely behind him. Race two, and this is where I thought Cameron Peterson really started to get it. He was 10 seconds up on Bobby Fong. Almost 10 seconds. So 9.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, or, or yeah. I, I, I just, I was like, man, I I don't know what happened. And, and, and so I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe there's something going on with Bobby. I know he's hurt himself a lot over the last two years. You know, he's been riding hurt. And he's a warrior, there's no doubt, but mm-hmm. there's something going on. But the, another guy that's really struggling at Road America, to me, uh, not being able to keep anywhere close to the pace to be second even, was Matt Skoltz. Matt Skoltz, is, uh, that's the first time we've seen him this year really struggle. Like, he needed some help to get on that podium. Yeah, that's something that I feel like we've always seen out of that bike. Um, it, it feels like it's always lacking just that little bit extra whenever it comes to tracks that are uh, much larger, like, uh, you know, that, that we're going to see more of a top speed influence, um, right. and a little bit of a draft influence, you know, and I feel like that we've, I've seen that before last season, you know, not just this season, uh, at Road America, but definitely last season, um, before it, it, it just felt like whenever we would go to a big track, we'd. I didn't feel like Matt Skoltz was going to have it, you know, any, any that weekend. And I, I just, I, I don't want to, you know, throw the Westby team under the bus at all, because I think it's a phenomenal team. And, and I think that they, they interact so much with the, with the community. And I, I just, I love that team. Um, well, I, I just think with think the that, resources they have, they do yeah, a great that, job. That's, that's kind of no where I'm, yeah. that's kind of what I'm going with it. Yeah. Is, it, it goes back to the factory for privateer support that we're kind of talking about is we see the gap now, um, you know, between that Westby team and the 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 fact the full fledged factory uh, team, and I know that the Westby team kind of has uh, a partnership somewhat in place. I think with the attack team too, where they get some uh, support possibly, but obviously it's not. It's definitely not to the to the level that we see that Jake Gagne and uh, Josh Heron no. receive. No, yeah, absolutely not. I mean, but but to your point, I mean, they do a great job with what they have, and, and Matt Skoltz is a is a talented writer, and he's 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 very very good at at uh, on a privateer, but I'd love to see him on a factory bike somewhere yeah. and get a shot. Let's see what Matt yep. can do because it was evident that he was losing a ton of time on the top speed there at uh, at Road America. So, you know, 
just keep fighting, Matt. You know, that's all you can do. Another guy that struggled through the the rounds at Moto America is Heron. And I'm glad that we didn't talk about Josh Heron before I saw the races at the Ridge, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I was really beginning to wonder, are they going to figure this out? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I thought he has struggled mightily through the Road America round. Yeah. It, once again, we just didn't see that sharpness out of Josh Heron that we know is in there somewhere, it, you know, and it, it, not sure what it takes to finally extract it out. Um, I think we saw a little bit of that, you know, as, as you kind of alluded to that we'll get into when we talk about the Ridge, but uh, Road America definitely wasn't, wasn't Josh, uh, Josh Heron's, um, you know, playing ground where he should have been or where we thought we were going to see him I mean, finishing, you know, in race two, finishing three seconds behind uh, Bobby Fong. It, it was a surprise yeah. to me. Um, so. I, was surprised. I think everybody was surprised. I mean, I think we all thought Josh Heron, I thought we'd see him fight with Gagne. Yeah. Earlier, straight from the jump, I thought, all right, Josh Heron might be the guy to beat this year. Mm -hmm. And he just hasn't been through the Road America round. He wasn't. But how, that's a good segue for us to move on and talk about um, the Ridge, right? I mean, mm -hmm. because now at the Ridge, if we go through, we'll just go straight to Superbike first because we're on that. But at the Ridge, we see Josh Heron. All of a sudden, he's 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 got he's found something. Yeah. And and but what I will say about Josh Heron, and I I wrote this down, is Josh Heron a little too aggressive sometimes. I feel like he might be I like. <laughs> I saw it right at the beginning of that race, that move he tried to make twice. I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. There, <laughs> easy, easy. There's definitely an impatience um, there. And I think that impatience sometimes, and that, that impatience and that that frantic nature that you start to see kind of come about that I think that, that Josh Heron might think, you know, I've got to be here. If I'm not here, you know, at the beginning of the race that I'm not going to, if I'm not here when I want to be there, then it's not going to happen. And, you that's know, that's right. when we saw those aggressive moves and those desperation moves. And, and I, I say that, and then as soon as I say that, I'm going to compliment him because that save on the front end of that motorcycle that he Ooh. picked it back up amazing oh save and, and that just that shows what kind of talent this guy has on a bike so so i'm not going to take anything really? away from mm -hmm. from josh heron because we did see um you know tremendous results from josh heron this weekend yep. uh, at the ridge and like you said you know we, we've seen that josh heron's got something now and and yep. and, and you know to see josh heron positive and, and smiling at the end of the uh, at the end of a race you know coming home in second and and really working on trying to close that gap down to jake gagne that that's going to give josh heron a lot yep. of confidence a lot of a lot of you know confidence on the bike that he needs to to take a step forward again you know in the next round and it's some motivation to keep, to keep working right yeah, it's motivation yeah. to keep working it, so. something's working something's do, you're doing something right it, it keeps right. you going Right, so let's go over the top 10 finishers from race one at the Ridge. We had Jake Gagne again. This time, Josh Heron finished second, 4.1 seconds behind. If you look mm -hmm. at their best laps, he was only .023 yeah. off of Jake Gagne's best. Yep. So great lap there. Cameron Peterson, again, doing it in third, but he was four seconds behind Heron. Laura Spaz was fourth. Matthew Skoltz was fifth. Corey Alexander on the Superstock in sixth. David Ann seventh bobby fong in eighth what is happening nine jake lewis ten jason uribe who follows me on track day dads what's up jason <laughs> but i you know i you know he's listening but i i really am worried 
about what's going on with Bobby Fong. Um, it, it it seems like it's going the wrong direction. You know, and a little bit the same with Matt Skultz because the Ridge doesn't have that super long straightaway, and then we still see him struggling. Um, I mean, he was nineteen sec. He was he was eleven point six seconds off a podium, and that's a long way in racing. That's a really long way. Yeah, I, I think it, it. I think it just goes back though to see you know that kind of support and, and development of the bike and the support staff that they have around that team um you know to be able to make those the big strides forward and and instead of just the the small incremental steps here and there um but but no to go back to Bobby Fong you know you always listen to Jason Pridmore on these broadcasts that talks about Bobby he's a bulldog he gets in and he wants to fight he you know I haven't seen fight that this who? year. Yeah, fight I, with who? I haven't seen that at all out of this year, out of Bobby Fong. To be honest with you, I, I mean, I just haven't seen. I, I, We're just not seeing the Bobby Fong we we expected I, to see. We yeah, don't know we what's don't going see, on. We don't see the desire. I, you know, I don't see that fierceness on the bike. I, I just see a a passive. You know, okay, well, I'm going to ride out here and and do the best that I can. And and but I, you know, we don't know. Obviously, we don't know what's going on with him on the bike. We don't know what what is going on with him you know off the bike away from the track um that could be affecting him there um we don't know what's going inside inside that garage you know if there's something going on with the team if he's not jiving with someone there um and all this goes into it and all this plays into it but uh no this isn't the bobby fong that we know is in there you know we know no. that we've seen a bobby fong Yep. be you know even especially back in the days in the super sport class you know we've seen a, we've seen a bobby fong that'll go straight back and you know fight with a hayden gillum and and, and you know fight with the jd beach and and really race hard and, and get his elbows out and i just don't see that bobby fong this year at all no nor do i and i don't we don't know why and we we hope everything's good and it's just racing can be tough it can be tough it can be hard it can break your heart and we hope happening right now with bobby we hope there's nothing else going on but I think if Jake Gagne doesn't win the championship, it's a travesty, and he should probably <laughs> maybe find another profession because at this point you would have to do some kind of monumental collapse. I mean, it would it looks so easy for him right mm-hmm. now. Um, but, you know, if we move on to race two, and I, I wanted to go over race two because yeah. the top finisher again was Jake Gagne, number two, Josh Heron, number three, Loris Baz, number four, Matt Skoltz, Five, Hector Barbara, which is an unbelievable ride, really. Mm-hmm. Six, Cam Peterson. Seventh, Bobby Fong. Eighth, David Anthony. Ninth, Corey Alexander. And tenth, Jason Uribe. What's up, Jason? I'm going to do that every time I say his name, <laughs> by the way. Um, but I, I think somehow Gagne got faster on Sunday. Now, let's talk about the conditions these guys were in at the Ridge. The Ridge was seeing heat that it never sees. I mean, they said that uh, Portland, Oregon saw 114 degrees Fahrenheit. I have been to Portland many times. I've never seen it above like 74 degrees. And it it, it blows my mind that Seattle was over 100 degrees. So the heat wave that was happening in the Northwest when these guys went out there was brutal. And they were out there turning. And then somehow Jake Gagne on Sunday yeah. than he was on Saturday, which is astounding. But... All credit to him for doing that. We did see Loris Baz with two finishes uh, 
in probably the toughest conditions they've had all year. So maybe those mechanical issues are getting figured out and they can, their team is starting to gel a little bit. So he, he mm-hmm. pulls a podium out. Uh, Matt Skoltz finishing in fourth. Now, I just want to say that, you know, Josh Heron was about seven, almost seven seconds, about six and a half seconds ahead of Loris Baz. But Loris Baz put 12 seconds on Matthew Skoltz in fourth. So, you know, all all credit to him. Now, I'm not, you know, Cameron Peterson and Bobby Fong both struggled in race two. Now, there was something that happened, if I'm not mistaken, with Cam. Um, I think he went, you know, he had a little problem and got wide. Something happened to the biker. Something went. That might have been Bobby Fong. I remember seeing Bobby Fong looking down at the bike and trying to figure something out. Yeah, so he I, was no, that twenty was, seconds saw, off. Of, yeah, uh, he was twenty seconds off of camp. Yeah, so but Cam was having some sort of issue because as soon okay. as um, Loris Baz got past him, he just he dropped him like a stone. Um, but there was probably a tire issue, maybe you know who knows. Right. But this all goes back to you can gather as much data as you want, but you got to be able to interpret. And use that data. And I think what we're seeing is a guy like Jake Gagne has the resources behind him to do that. And Josh Aaron, too. Loris Baz, at this point, I don't know that they have all that yet. They haven't figured it out. New bike, new team. Uh, Matt Skoltz and and Westby Racing, they obviously don't have the same ability to break down information that the Fresh and Lean Attack you know, factory team does. Well, so, I, mean, we, I mean, we can sum all that up with one name, though. You know, Richard Stamboli. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you know, can say that. I, I mean, you his, think you put Richard Stamboli on Westby Ray, everything's different. I don't think there's a question. I mean, the fact, the the, the following, the and that's not the, once again. I mean, back that. I'm gonna back that out just a bit and say that that is not a slight to the Westby team whatsoever. That mm, is you simply, guys heard it. That is simply mm. a comment to the prowess that Richard Stamboli has when it comes to the electronics on a motorcycle. It's the Westby Racing Bow Bus. We mm. see it out there. and Got it started up, Bo. Go ahead. That's you know not, it. That's not the case Kevin. at all. <laughs> it's more, it's more Bo, like just you drinking, it the, yourself. drinking the Stamboli Kool-Aid. That's what it is. Oh, okay. So it's less about what Westby doesn't have and more about what Fresh and Lean Attack Yamaha a- has, abs- which is Richard Stamboli. 100%. Well, and, and I'm not, and please mis, don't misunderstand, I'm not trying to slight Westby Racing because right. this is happening, but it's, it, it just is very evident to me. They have, they have, they're struggling to improve race to race, whereas it looked, I mean, Jake Gagne, it was hotter on Sunday than it was on Saturday, and he got better. He yeah. ran the fastest lap ever run at the, at the Ridge. This guy, every week, he runs a fastest lap, be it the outlight, outright track record or the racing fastest lap i mean it's unbelievable he's on an unbelievable run of form no i completely agree but there's not much we can not much else we can really say about him uh, i mean he just he no. goes out and puts on a show every, nope. each and every right. each and every week all right well you know what i'm i'm tired of beating the jake gagne drum let's talk about super sport and in race one sdk wins it richie escalante second kevin almedo third samuel lockoff fourth Rocco Landers in fifth, Dominic Doyle in sixth, Nolan Lampkin in seventh, Jarrett Nassani in eighth, Nate Minster in ninth, and Alejandro Thermiotis in tenth. Now, maybe the coolest name on the grid, maybe. Um, but, you know, S- the thing I wrote down about this was that SK- SDK was dominant the entire weekend, 
And I think, you know, his ability to get off the line at the start is pretty special. Like, he's really good at the start. Like, he gets out of there like a shot. Yeah, that bike was just so strong this weekend. Uh, I mean, it, it fired out of corners. It got into corners just just well, and it, it held amazing corners. That bike was just it, – it was a complete package this weekend, I think, and, and Sean Dillon Kelly just made it really look easy, you know, at some, in some points. Um, even when Richie Escalante, you know, was, was charging and kind of th- trying to show him a wheel, he just he just had a little bit more than Richie did this weekend, I think. Yeah, he really did. I mean, I was I was surprised. I mean, but again, those two guys ran off in race one. I mean, mm-hmm. Almeida finishes third, but he's fifteen point six seconds behind Escalante. That's that's unbelievable. It, you know, it, it needs to be mentioned too, though. Kevin Almeida is still nursing a shoulder injury as well. Um, so yeah, that's you know, true. He's, he's and they told him he'll never be a hundred percent. Yeah, it'll never get to a hundred percent. And and I hate that because the, you know he's watching his interviews. He's so positive. He's so happy. You know, he's just he just seems like he's happy to be on the bike. He's he's living life and and he's fast. You know, he kept up with yeah, these guys is. for a few laps, and he was the, you know he was there. He was in the thick of it for for a bit, and then they started right. to gap him. You know, that's when he kind of started off and and started losing. I think he, I think the comment was made around lap six was when it started to kind of start giving him issues, and that's when he he started to fall away and things started to get painful for him. And that, you know, I hate to hear that. You know, as as rider riders ourselves, there's nothing more that we love than just to be on the bike. And and whenever something that you love doing starts to affect you physically like that, and it, it's 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 tough. It's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. It but really he's is. still going so fast on it. Yeah, he he. You know, he is he's doing great. I mean, it's, like you said, the shoulder's not 100. percent The doctors told him it. Doctors told him it would never be 100 percent again. But he doesn't care. He's out there doing what he loves. Mm-hmm. I will mention though that Richie Richie Escalante ran a last lap at, in the race one at one forty three point eight oh nine, which I believe is a lap record in the race. Um, I mean, so he was. It, it's not that. I just think that Sean Dylan Kelly on the out lap of the start lap is so much faster than Richie off the start, and then he just puts in a great standing start lap, and Richie has to play catch up. Yeah, and whenever Richie can't get that rabbit, that jackrabbit start, which we like to see, you know, that's that's kind of Richie's mo. I think race two at, at Road America, he kind of got that big lead, and you know, took off a bit and and set sail into the sunset, and and you know, Rich and Sean Dillon Kelly didn't have it. But, you know, when, whenever Sean Dillon Kelly does that to Richie and the tables turn just a bit, you know, Sean Dillon Kelly just hammers him every single yep. lap, lap after lap yep. after lap. You know, SDK yep. doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, it doesn't look like, and, and he, nope. he really rides smart. Um, and, and it just seems like when either one of these guys is in first place, it, it's really tough to beat him. Uh, you know, if Richie gets out yep. front first, it's tough to beat Richie. Whenever Sean Dillon Kelly gets out for front first, it's tough for anyone to beat him too. So... Um, these are both unbearable, unbelievably strong riders in this class. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, so let's go to race two. Race two, SDK wins again, although much closer race. Uh, Richie Escalante second. Kelvin Almeida, Kevin Almeida was third. Sam Lockoff was fourth. Benjamin Smith was fifth. Sixth was Rocco Landers. Seventh, Dominic Doyle. Eighth, Max Angles Fernandez. Ninth, Jarrett Nassani. And ten, Alejandro Thermiotis. Um, Richie made it closer, but he, he just could not, he couldn't overtake him. I I think SDK just had his number this weekend, Mm. but I think one of the things, again, I mean, Rocco Landers right there in fifth and sixth, this is pretty much where he's been all year. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm interested to see if he can take that step. Sam Lockoff is doing better, but, you know, again, here's a guy with switching to a new bike with a new team, but he has factory support, whereas Rocco Landers is just doing it on his own. Right. And so I, I really think, you know, I don't know what the thought process is there, whether he didn't get offered to ride with you know, a factory racing team or if they just thought they could do it themselves. But I think what we're seeing here is that Rocco needs some help and hopefully we'll get it. But my biggest thing taken away from the weekend after watching SDK ride was he needs to get over to Europe ASAP. We don't need to waste a lot of years in Moto America Superbike. Yep. Where we need you is in Moto2. Yep. Go do it. I don't care what team it is because all those guys talk. And that's a spec series, so you'll have the best shot you can do it. And just go do it, man. Don't stay here anymore. You win the championship this year, get out of here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I and, and you and I have talked about it before. We, we want that pipeline to get into Europe, to get into the GP series, and to get American riders abroad. Um, on the world stage and and right now Shondell and Kelly uh, you know I don't know we have you know we've obviously we had a Garrett girl off display this weekend um, and uh, you know GP we had uh, Cameron Bobiers and GP in uh, Moto2 but right now Shondell and Kelly is still young um, not to take anything away from Garrett girl or Cameron Bobier but you know we've seen that this is a young man sport um, uh, you know yep. it, it's just uh, that well, you've said it before all the time. Father time's unbeaten. You know, right That's now, right. Sean Dillon Kelly is the best um, bet to, for America to get a strong American into the European series and into Moto2. Um, I think Sean Dillon Kelly would be able to learn that bike, learn that engine, learn how to ride the the, the Calex or, or NTS or Boscoscora, anything that he got on quickly. Um, I think he would be able to adapt to that. He seems very eager as a rider he wants to be on top he looks like he's hungry for wins yep. um he's well definitely... i want him to ride a calex let me be clear i want him to be <laughs> on a calex and then I, what i want him to do is to get over there and have it he is young he's not even 20 years old yet get over there and if it takes you a couple of years mm -hmm. you're okay out. still stick cam bobier doesn't have that cam Bobie doesn't have that and that's what i think we have to learn as Americans, is that you're going to have to go over there and everything's going to change for you. So I would point to the fact that Loris Baz has raced in MotoGP and World Superbike, but he didn't come over here and dominate. Jake Gagne's handing it to him. But what I would say is the reason Loris Baz gets that ride over a guy like Jake Gagne is because he is European mm -hmm. and he knows the tracks. Jake Gagne went to World Superbike and rode Nicky's bike when Nicky unfortunately had his accident and passed for the rest of that year. Jake Gagne did nothing. Now that Honda wasn't great. We all know that. But Jake Gagne did nothing over there. There was so much new going on. But then he just came back. Now I don't know if he didn't have an offer or whatever. But I think these guys worry sometimes too much about winning versus actually getting better and you know i i said it for years i wanted cameron bobier to get over there and he finally did but he's 28 that's yeah. too late you know I, I joe roberts did the right thing but i think joe roberts i i, I don't i don't know you know we'll, we'll talk about joe well, roberts we'll when we talk about gp but i i think i think sdk is our next guy he's the next in line get him over there give him two years let's see what happens and just don't, please don't stay here and stay with the M4 X-Star Suzuki team in, in the 600 class or, 
even worse, go up to world or go up to superbike level and and toil there for five years and win four championships. I, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I don't want it. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. No. And, and with that said, you know, it's it's important to note that that Cameron Bobier, you know, he he enjoyed living over here. He liked his life. You know, he he liked you know being in superbike. He enjoyed it. He he was okay with it. Um, but but for someone that that for a rider that looks as hungry as Sean Dillon Kelly is at his stage in life, I completely agree with you. If you win your, go ahead, fight out this championship for the rest of this year. Whatever happens at the end of it happens at the end of it. Don't come back right. if you don't win this championship. Don't come back with a chip on your shoulder saying you want redemption, which is kind of what this year is for you anyway. Because Richie Escalante ran away with it last year. Don't do that. Get out. Go to Europe. Go get go cut your teeth on a Moto Two bike. Try to get yourself a deal. Get over there and start carrying the flag, and that way that we'll be able to hear the Star Spangled Banner on the top step of the podium one day in a Moto Two race, and even Absolutely. beyond. I think that's that, right. And I say all this as as not the biggest Sean Dillon Kelly fan, you know, just speaking objectively. But he is the best bet right now that America has. Um, that's currently in the funnel. You know, that that's the closest in that 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 stepping off point to being able to go to Europe. I agree, and that's and I I 100% agree. You're saying that's what I want to have happen because we need it. We need it. Um, there's nothing else to say. We need it. Yeah, um, as Americans, as American fans. So, having said that, I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover of the last two races. We we stuffed it all in there. But I, yep. I, look, I, you know, we have some questionable things going on with Moto America and the viewing of it's being a little bit bad, but we're going to talk about that next time. Um, and hopefully everybody can, uh, can tune in and listen and pick up some more things and listen, we'd love to hear from you. We're at parked and turn one on Instagram and Facebook. So hit us up on social media for any topic you want us to cover, but Bo, it's been fun. Yeah, you man. got anything else? No, man, that's it. We absolutely had a blast right. and enjoy talking with you. All right, until next time, guys, keep that shiny side up, that rubber side down. It's Captain Novice and Bo telling you good night. Have a good one, guys.